Hello to all my dear readers and listeners. This is Karen Hunt, a.k.a. K.H. Majek, and I am so happy to ring in the new year, first day of 2023, with this amazing, I have to say, amazing essay, which I've been working very hard on over the past weeks. It is the third in my series of um, the Biomedical Security State, and it is called The New World Religion of Transhumanism. Unless science is controlled by a greater moral force, it will become the Antichrist prophesied by the early Christians. And that's a quote from Charles Lindbergh. Yes, I know. Lindbergh is a fallen hero. He became enamored with Hitler's Germany and did not believe the United States should fight against it. And yet, contradictorily, he was a brilliant mind who had experienced personal tragedy. He should have known better. This is precisely why he speaks to our times. These contradictions of his, that no matter how great his intelligence, he was still unable to see the most obvious truths that were right in front of his nose. Whether he chose to see them or what chose or not to see them or was truly ignorant of them is another matter. Like the intellectuals and academics of today, he was hampered by his own blind spots, by his own arrogant belief in the brilliance of his tiny mind. The world is quickly falling into chaos. Everything has become a contradiction. We are told there are no absolutes, absolutes, only fluidity. Therefore, Gott ist dot. The term God is dead first gained traction when Nietzsche announced it in The Gay Science in 1882. Nietzsche said that the belief in the Christian God, or we could also say the Muslim or the Jewish God, that this foundational uh, view of God has become unbelievable. He predicted that everything that was built upon this faith, propped up by it, grown into it, including the whole European morality, is bound to collapse. In 1966, the cover of Time magazine asked, Is God Dead? At that time, survey results showed that 97% of Americans still believed in God. The number of God's devotees has since been shrinking. In 2014, Pew found that only 63% of Americans believed with absolute certainty. And, of course, those numbers continue to fluctuate. Belief in God is the single biggest threat to the new world order. I am quite certain that the majority of elites do, in fact, believe in God as well as in the devil. They hate the fact that these absolutes control them. They hate the fact that they are not the ones creating and destroying life at will. Oh, they can kill bodies. That is the one thing they can do, but they cannot kill the soul. Now, more than at any time in history, the elite have amassed powers and resources whereby they can cause the end of humanity in their quest to transcend it. One such example is their search for the God particle at CERN, which I talk about in my essay, COVID and the Greater Good. They have worked very hard over the years to shift people's faith away from God, the Creator, to God, the Science. All the while, they try to unlock the mysteries of how God creates life. With COVID, they were able to further their goals by convincing the majority of people to follow the, sci- to follow the concept that the science is set. People were told that the science is absolute and not to be questioned. And because of all the fear and uncertainty, um, people believed it. The next step after that 
and after the ever-heightening fear and uncertainty over the next few years will be submission to the new world religion of the science of transhumanism. I've discussed in the previous two essays in this series, Digital ID and Our Obsession with Identity, and The Final Solution, Central Bank Digital Currency, about how total control over identities, our health, our minds, our bodies, every aspect of what makes us human, will be taken over by machines. And I have here a chart of um, digital identity and showing all the different off-branches of how it, it is coming under, under one um, umbrella. The one aspect, however, that is missing is the soul. Our earthly masters must push the soul aside, starve it to death, strangle the soul, make us forget that we have one. But it remains, and always will, inside of us. Mysteriously and inexplicably, our souls reach out to the God who created us. As hard as they try, these maniacs will never succeed in destroying our souls, because our souls, unlike our bodies, are immortal. By attempting to define everything in material terms, by attempting to illogically create immortal bodies out of what is mortal, they hope to rule not just this planet, but the universe these are the foolish ravings of lunatics. In order to write this, I did a lot of research. I also listened to Dave Hunt's talk, Cosmos Creator and Human Destiny. Dave Hunt happens to be my dad. The talk was given years ago, and a lot has changed since then, but the basic elements are still spot on. I have used some of what he said in parts of this essay. Let's take a look at the mystery of life and how delusional these men are to think that their pathetic attempts at playing gods will ever result in, any, in actually being God. By shedding light onto their lives, we can easily resist their attempts at seducing, at seducing us into the fold of their new religion. My dad starts off his talk with a focus on Voyager 1, launched into space in 1977. It carried a message from Jimmy Carter to anyone who might be out there. This Voyager spacecraft was constructed by the United States of America. We are a community of 240 million humans, human beings, among the more than 4 billion who inhabit the planet Earth. We human beings are still divided into nation-states, but these states are rapidly becoming a single global civilization. We hope someday, having solved the problems we face, to join a community of galactic civilizations. This record represents our hope and our determination and our goodwill in a vast and awesome universe. In order for our fearless leaders to play with the big boys in the cosmos, if they are out there, they must unite our planet under one rule. They must experiment on the little people in order to create a new race of humans melded with machines, thus enabling them to survive on the arduous journeys they will need to endure in order to conquer space. Resources on Earth must be used to this end. The Earth is being raped. There is no other way to describe it, all while they lie about wanting to repair it. Resources are no longer to be used for the small-minded and short-term goal of heating the homes or feeding the mouths of those humans deemed to be irrelevant to the greater good. The little people must sacrifice themselves for the sake of the chosen elite who will take humanity to a higher level. In fact, they will transcend humanity and become a new race. All must submit to the authority of the new world religion of the science for this to be accomplished. Many people reading this will laugh. More conspiracy theories, they will say. I don't blame them. It sounds absurd because it is absurd. And yet, this is what's happening. 
I sometimes think they try to look as absurd as possible so that most people won't take it seriously until it's too late. Even the overlords look ridiculous. Take Klaus Schwab or weak-kneed Bill Gates or even deceptively dashing Elon Musk. <laughs> they certainly aren't anything like our heroes of old, say Martin Luther King or Gandhi. Oh, we killed them, didn't we? Nope, these guys are more like every stereotypical evil mastermind in those James Bond movies, and yet incredibly, most people take them seriously. Let's look at how absurd this science, is, uh, this science of the New World religion really is. It's not been that long since Voyager 1 finally reached the edge of our solar system and the influence of our sun. It's aimed at Alpha Centauri, 4.3 light years away, not very far away in cosmic distances, yet it will take 77,000 years to get there, except that their batteries will run out long before that, so they will be floating through space on the off chance that they will reach someplace important. In our galaxy, the Milky Way, there are 400 billion stars that we know of. There are about 2 trillion galaxies in the observable universe. So there could be, who knows how many more in fact. That means that presently we are aware of 2 trillionth of 1 400 billionth of the solar system. And yet we claim to be on the verge of conquering space. Three years before Voyager was launched, a radio message was beamed into space aimed at a cluster of stars called M13. <laughs> the gang? Traveling at approximately the speed of light, it will take the message at least 25,000 years to arrive there. The message consisted of the numbers 1 to 10, the atomic numbers of the elements of hydrogen, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and phosphorus, which make up dioxide ribonucleic acid or DNA. That's a lot easier to say. The formulas for the chemical compounds that make up the nucleotides of DNA. The estimated number of DNA nucleo nucleotides in the human genome and a graphic of the double helix structure of DNA. The dimension, physical height of an average man, a graphic figure of a human being and, a hu and the human population of Earth. A graphic of the solar system indicating which of the planets the message is coming from. A graphic of the Arecibo radio telescope and the dimensions, the physical diameter of the transmitting antenna dish. Uh, so this is really interesting because the message, all of this that's in this message is binary, binary numbers. Now bear with me here. This message talks about humans in a binary way. And I've got here the graph that, that shows the picture of a human and then all of these numbers relating, these binary numbers relating to humans. So here is an explanation of those numbers. The graphic in the center is a simple illustration of a human being. The element on the left in the image indicates the average height of an adult male in the U.S. And this value is indicated by horizontal horizontally written binary representation of the number 14, which is intended to be multiplied by the wavelength of the message. <laughs> the element on the right of the image indicates the size of the global human population in 1974, and the base and and um, which is which is within 0.1% of the number of DNA base pairs suggested for the size of the human genome earlier in the message. All right, so, you know, okay, take that for what it's worth. What it means is that this message, so this message was sent a mere 49 years ago. 
it still has another 24,951 years before it reaches its target, yet already this message is out of fashion and would never be sent today. Binary? Bad word, especially in defining humans. Humans are now non-binary, gender fluid. Binary is an adjective as an adjective means being in the state of one or two mutually exclusive conditions, such as on or off, true or false, molten or frozen, presence or absence of a signal. Binary tells us that there are certain things that we can be sure of that are consistent. It tells us, in fact, that there are things that are true and false, good and evil. It tells us that there is a God and there is a creation. In effect, we use to believe in an ordered universe at the time when this message was sent. Non-binary, however, or gender queer is an umbrella term <coughs> for gender identities that are not solely male or female, identities that are outside the gender binary. Non-binary identities fall under the transgender umbrella since non-binary people typically identify with a gender that is different from their assigned sex. What does this mean? It means that non-binary, being non-binary destroys all certainty. To say you can be anything means you become nothing. It is a lie. To say that you can create yourself is an absurdity. And the fact that these manipulators are convincing the majority of educated humans that this is so is quite mind-boggling. That is not to say that humans can't be attracted to the same sex or have desires outside what is considered normal. This in and of itself is not surprising or evil. But that's another topic and not a part of this essay. Now, it is true that in math, as in science, there is no absolute truth that we know of. But this is not because truth, that absolute truth does not exist. It is because we are finite beings and as such incapable of knowing anything for certain. We must rely on faith. God has given us certain instincts, certain knowledge of right and wrong. These are truths outside of ourselves. If we go against these truths, we destroy ourselves. As much as the elites strive to overthrow these truths and create truths of their own, they will never succeed because that would be going against the laws of the universe instilled by an omniscient God. God is outside of this creation. He and I don't think giving God a human gender is correct, but it's the best we can do, has a bird's eye view. We are inside of this creation and a part of it. We can never understand it except from a very limited perspective. I found a good explanation for this um, in a quote. In pure mathematics, there is no absolute truth. Stay blur. We invent rules, then see what they prove or see what is consistent with them. Any honest scientist will admit that they are prejudiced from the minute they come up with a theory because their goal is to prove it. This is one reason why so many scientists, although we are told otherwise, believe in God. There must be a God, a grand architect, or we are really in trouble because we cannot trust those who rise up amongst us and say, I have a special dispensation. I know the science. The new demigods try to tell us that the science is absolute, but what they really mean is that we must trust their version of what science means. And their version has been created with the goal of making them all-powerful, built all-powerful, built from the start on corruption, greed, and perverse desires. When they take away our faith in what we instinctively know are the fundamental truths upon which the delicate balance of our world has been achieved, then they leave us adrift in a sea of uncertainty where they can 
then fill us with their lies and manipulations. They promise freedom from restraints while at the same time they promise security. The result is a prison. Once in this prison, humans will have lost that connection to something or someone bigger than themselves. They will live inside the nightmare of trying to make themselves into something they can never be, becoming more synthetic with each passing generation. They will be told, indeed our youth are being told this now, that if they transform their bodies, give over their minds to machines, ingest just one more drug, they will find a better fulfillment. Stephen, Stephen Hawking warned us that if we don't get off this planet, the chances are the human race will be destroyed. Elon Musk says we've got to populate other planets or the human race won't survive. Well, if we are all the result of a big bang and everything is just proceeding by chance, what are we concerned about? We don't mean anything. The law of thermodynamics says that one day this universe will be gone. It will die. All the plans and dreams, the hopes and schemes, all the money and the fame and the fortune that man desires will be like sandcastles washed out in the cosmic ocean of nothingness, to quote my dad. It will be as though it had never been. So why are we all so concerned? Sir Francis Crick wrote a book, Astonishing Hypothesis, The Scientific Search for the Soul, except that like other similar scientists, he's not searching for the soul. He is searching for something, some law, some principle <coughs> that will explain everything without the soul. The Astonishing Hypothesis posits that a person's mental activities are entirely due to the behavior of nerve cells, glial, glial cells, and the atoms, ions, and molecules that make them up and influence them. To take a drink of water. Imagine if you really believe that all your joys and your sorrows, your memories, your ambitions, your sense of personal identity and free will are in, no are in fact no more than the behavior of nerve cells and their associated molecules. As my dad says, do you think that you think? Do you think you have an opinion? Do you think that you have joys and sorrows and fears and that you really loved your spouse? It's just a delusion. You're just a bag of molecules. And if that's true, then all the scientists are just bags of molecules too. Why should we believe what one bag of molecules says any more than we believe another? <laughs> British evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins says that it must be possible to construct life chemically or in a computer. And we are survival machines, robot vehicles, blindly programmed to preserve the selfish molecules known as genes. This is a truth which still fills me with astonishment, he says. <laughs> and that's from his book, The Selfish Gene. He goes on to say in River Out of Eden, the universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. And yet... He uses words that take into account a designer. He uses words like programmed. Even if we are machines, someone made us, just like we obsessively make our machines. Even the fact that the elites try so obsessively to create life shows that they are emulating the God who created them. It is like a child rebelling against a parent. We must accept the absurdity that it all started from a big bang, an occurrence, an occurrence that in and of itself would have destroyed any chance that there could be life. And yet out of nothingness came life, spontaneous generation, the idea that living creatures could arise from non-living matter and that this just happens. 
life. Let's look at our miraculous life. As my dad describes, we all begin as a single cell the size of a period at the end of a sentence. How does that single cell know how to build a body with 100 trillion cells, thousands of different kinds of cells? A single cell is more complex than New York City. How does this tiny bit of matter know how to instruct all of those cells to build this body? A pinhead worth of DNA, if you put it in books, it would take a stack of books 500 times as high as a distance from here to the moon to contain the information in a pinhead's worth of DNA. There is no physical life without words, the words of DNA. In the beginning was the word. You have to have the DNA. The DNA is the manufacturer's instructions on how to build and manufacture this incredible body. The body has about 100 trillion cells. To view just half of your genome, you would have to view 10 nucleotides every second for 40 hours per week for 40 years, and the apparent simplicity of this language is very deceiving. Geneticists can't even begin to fathom how it works. Richard Dawkins again. As an adult, you consist of thousands of a thousand million million cells, but when you were first conceived, you were just a single cell endowed with one master copy of the architect's plan. <laughs> you see, the God denier himself cannot talk about life without talking about an architect, a designer with a master plan. Let's look at our brains and bring it all beautifully and perfectly back to the universe. Central University of Venezuela psychology student Jamar Tuarez made a great comparison between the universe and our brains. Astronomer Carl Sagan said the total number of stars in the universe is greater than all the grains of sand on all the beaches on planet Earth. We are talking about six, 10 sextillion stars, a 1 followed by 22 zeros, 10 times 1 to the 21st. In size, the universe studied ranges, according to estimates, between 13 and 48 million light years. In comparison, the human brain has approximately 10 times 10 to the 11th neurons that interconnect with each other 10 times 10 to the first times in a changing manner. All this with a weight of around 1.5 kilograms and a volume of 1,300 cubic centimeters. That is enough to tell us who we are, beliefs, our political preferences, our sports predilections, and who we fall in love with. It is pre-wired to recognize speech and language. That's important because as Peter Augustine Lawler comments while reviewing Tom Wolfe's The Kingdom of Speech, speech is a superpower whose origin no scientist can explain, one that has allowed the beast with it the beast with it to control our own to control or own every other animal there is. It isn't merely an ingenious tool for communication, says Wolf. It is a nuclear weapon with unlimited transformative power. So again, we are back to the power of language, DNA, of words, and even this remains a mystery that we cannot solve. Franco Vaza, an astrophysicist at the University of Bologna, and Albert Felitti, a neurosurgeon at the University of Verona, compared the network of human brain cells and the network of galaxies in our universe. Even though the universe is 27 orders of magnitude bigger than a single human brain, remarkable similarities emerged. The human brain functions thanks to its wide neuro neuronal network that is 
deemed to contain approximately 69 billion neurons. On the other hand, the observable universe is composed of a cosmic web of at least 100 billion galaxies. Within both systems, only 30% of their masses are composed of galaxies and neurons. Within both systems, galaxies and neurons arrange themselves in long filaments of, or nodes between the filaments. Finally, within both systems, 70% of the distribution of mass or energy is composed of components playing an apparently passive role, water in the brain and dark energy in the observable universe. Just as there is nothing random about our brains, there appears to be nothing random about the universe. The issue is that we must humble ourselves to realize that we cannot understand either one. This isn't a cop-out, as Dawkins would ha have us believe. It is simply the truth. We exist inside our finite brains. We are the creation. And yet the new science of transhumanism would have us believe the impossible. That life came from nothing. That there was no architect, no design. It is all random. And that some smart guy with letters after his name is going, is going to unlock the secrets of life and that our corrupt, greedy, and perverse elites will find a way to live forever among the stars as a result. Which sounds crazier? <laughs> uh, architect, a designer, or the ideas of these insane elite? Evolutionary biologist Richard C. Luonten said in Billions and Billions of Demons, our willingness to accept scientific claims that are against common sense is the key to an understanding of the real struggle between science and the supernatural. We take the side of science in spite of the patent absurdity of some of its constructs, in spite of its failure to fulfill many of its extravagant promises of health and life, in spite of the tolerance of the scientific community for unsubstantiated just-so stories, because we have a prior commitment, a commitment to materialism. It is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are forced by, by our a priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations, no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. We are all just a jumble of cells and molecules. It must be so, or the elites cannot achieve their goals. All of this brings us full circle to complete the biomedical security state, faith in the absurd. Enjoy reading this essay and the other two in the series while you can. Soon, almost everything that I write will be determined by AI to be fiction. As ChatGPT just determined about my article mRNA Madness, it's only just begun. New technologies like interventions with Google will ensure that such dangerous ideas as I submit here never reach readers or listeners in the first place. Here are the ways that info interventions will stop mis disinformation from reaching you, such as my, my essay here, for your own good. Number one, accuracy prompts. Refocus user attention towards accuracy. Accuracy prompts ask individuals to consider the veracity of a bite-sized piece of content, priming them to remember their own commitment to sharing accurate information when it matters. But then you aren't looking at various perspectives and making up your mind. It's all made up for you by a machine. Number two, redirect method. Inter interrupt 
online radicalization. The redirect method is a program aimed at reaching individuals who are vulnerable to recruitment by violent extremist groups. The pilot used ads to redirect users looking for extremism, extremist information to curated content that refutes, for example, ISIS's recruitment messaging. Number three, authorship feedback, promote better conversations. Authorship feedback leverages Perspective AI API, a tool that uses artificial intelligence to detect toxic language uh, to provide real-time feedback to commenters who are writing posts by highlighting when their comments might be perceived as offensive. And number four, pre-bunking, to increase resistance to ma manipulation. Pre-bunking is a technique to preempt manipulation attempts online by forewarning individuals and equipping them to spot and refute misleading arguments, they gain resilience to being misled in the future. To think that some artificial intelligence designed by valuable human beings who have only their own perverse interests at heart are going to determine what is true and what isn't, what can be known and what cannot be known is the ultimate madness. Do you think that any mention of God or divine creation creation will be allowed? Certainly not. Yet do not think for one moment, as I said in the beginning, that these elites do not know that they are the ones spreading lies. They know God exists. They are in a battle to oust him, as insane as it sounds. Unless anyone try to tell you otherwise, you can always return to these quotes, perhaps write them down, because they might one day disappear from the internet. Fred Hoyle and N. Chandra Wick Ramasinghe in Evolution from Space calculated the odds of life forming by natural processes. They estimated that there is less than one chance in 10 to the 40,000th power that life could have originated by random trials. This simple calculation wipes the idea entirely out of court. The enormous information content of even the simplest living systems cannot, in our view, be generated by what are often called natural processes. For life to have originated on the earth, it would be necessary that quite explicit instruction should be have been provided for its assembly. There is no way in which we can expect to avoid the need for information. No way in which we can simply get by with a bigger or better organic soup. Evolutionist Michael Denton had this to say, the complexity of the simplest known type of cell is so great that it is impossible to accept that such an object could have been thrown together suddenly by some kind of freakish, vastly improbable event. Such an occurrence would be indistinguishable from a miracle. And even famed atheist astronomer Sir Fred Hoyle has this has said that supposing the first cell originated by chance is like believing a tornado sweeping through a junkyard might assemble a Boeing 747 from the materials therein. Dr. Wilder Smith is an honored scientist who said an attempt to explain, to explain the formation of the genetic code from the chemical components of DNA is comparable to the assumption that the text of a book originates from the paper molecules on which the sentences appear and not from any external source of information. The people feeding these machines, determining what is true and what isn't, do not even know the most basic principles of life. What did Solomon say in Ecclesiastes? I quote the King James Version as that's what I grew up with. 
As thou knowest not how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. We do not know anything, not really. How can we be certain that the theories we adhere to right now will not be disproven in the future by another theory that will itself be disproven and so on? If we continue like this, we will lose all sense of direction. We will truly, as I said in the beginning, be lost in a sea of uncertainty. Dr. Fauci convinced billions of people to take an experimental gene therapy without knowing the long-term effects. People did it because they wanted so desperately to trust the science. If we return to these simple principles that I have written about here, we will never go astray. Logic, reason, God-given instincts. This is what we must rely on. We must solidify our foundation because the information police are coming. We must never forget that they are the liars, that their religion of the science is false. Whew. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my voice. Um, wow. Welcome to 2023. Let's see what it what unfolds before us. And let's always keep these truths at our heart, at the foundation of what we believe. Thank you for reading and listening. God bless.